I'm Kyle Bennett. And I'm Alex Jatwalski. And this is the Views from the Press Box podcast presented by the Cumberland Times News. Uh, this is episode number 10 of the podcast. We have been out for a few weeks. Really, I've been out for a few weeks. Come down with COVID the day that uh, we were set to record episode 10. And um, How was that, by the way? That was uh, 10 out of 10 do not recommend. <laughs> it's not a fun time. The first three days were brutal. Like what? Like how bad was it actually? I mean, legit, it was it was bad. Like Saturday night had chills, slept like an hour, and it was like chills like I've never had before. Like I've had chills from being sick, but I mean, this was like just shaking perpetually. Yeah, like it was it was weird, and uh, it was like every day it was like a different symptom was like trying to take me out. So like. Sunday it was the fever, <clears throat> and then uh, Monday it was my taste going out, which like made eating nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday it was the body aches, and then it was like Wednesday I woke up and like I don't want to say I was completely fine because even now I'm still I'm not completely fine, but uh, I mean I felt com- comparatively I felt great Wednesday mm-hmm. when I woke up, and then it was just like. Slowly as the week went on, I got back into it and then was back in here Monday. But I will say this past Saturday, yesterday, we're recording this Sunday night. Yesterday, I woke up and felt like I got hit by a truck. Like, and I guess just from working five days in a row. Yeah. And like, I mean, even that, like, I I only covered, I think, two games this week. But it was just like, I, I don't know, I just woke up and it all caught up to me. I could feel it Friday when I got home. But, uh, Do you think it was probably from that Allegheny game? I'm not really sure. I don't know because I mean it was a it was a packed house, and I know we've had two people in here who had COVID recently. Not going to name who they were, but like, you know, I don't know because I, I mean I don't really I go to Sheets every now and then, <laughs> go to the store every now and then. But other than that, like, I don't go out to the bar or anything like that. Yeah, that would you get it in the Sheets line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be brutal. Which I mean, you know, wouldn't. Wouldn't be surprising because, like, no one wears a mask and sheets anymore other than the sheets employees. Yeah. So, I mean, that very well could have been where I got it. It could have happened at Allegheny. Even though, I mean, I will say this winter season, really, for the most part, and what I've covered, has everyone's been pretty good about the masks for the most part. I mean, there's people. Yeah, it depends where, you, where you're covering. It games. does. It does. But <laughs> not going to name names. but No, but. There are some, some schools in our coverage area where more people are not wearing masks than, yeah. than are. Yeah, there is there is one place I went near the beginning of the season, I think, or maybe, I don't know. It's kind of hard to classify because, like, for some teams, we're, like, at the end of the season almost. Like, Mountain Ridge boys, they have three games left, yeah. which is insane. But um, They're off, like, all week, right? Yeah, they don't play till the mm-hmm. 15th. Um, but, yeah, like, one place it was, like, there was a kind of a line to get in, sort of, and it was like every other person had a mask on, pretty much. But, uh, but yeah, for the most part, they've been pretty good about it. But the games I covered that week, though, I didn't. I feel like I wasn't really in any situation where, like, I felt, I don't know, uncomfortable mm-hmm. about it or anything. Like, because even with the people in the office too that had it, it's not like we're sitting next to each other and stuff. Right. So yeah. Yeah. It, it is strange that. I feel like it probably would have had to have been a basketball game. Or yeah, or because, like, I, I feel like I wouldn't have – because the people that had it here, 
Well, one of the people, what he hadn't been in the office, and the other person, like, they were already over it mm-hmm. by the yeah. time I got it. So You never know. I don't know. But I feel like someone else would have got it in addition to me. But yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, definitely do not recommend. <laughs> so if you, can, uh, if you can avoid getting it, I would certainly suggest doing that. So, yeah, we are, we are lazy, but that isn't why the podcast is, hasn't been on for three weeks. Exactly. There is a, uh, there's a legitimate reason here. So, and, uh, I mean, I guess last week we maybe could have got away with one, but I don't know. Even the cough is still lingering here two weeks later, and it's still pretty annoying. So, just, uh, yeah, so, you know, hopefully going forward we can avoid a situation like that again. So, uh, today's edition of the Times News, you'll see... Some new things. Uh, the soccer all-area team was announced. You'll see that, obviously, across the top of the front page. Uh, and then we'll, we'll touch on that later. But uh, you'll also see that the boys' polls, uh, boys' and girls' basketball polls came out. Uh, Mountain Ridge and Allegheny remain number one and number two. Uh, Hampshire and Southern are in a tie for third in the boys' poll. And Fort Hill is in fifth in the boys' poll. With uh, four, East Hardy. Four and ten, baby. Four and ten, Fort Hill. With uh, East Hardy, Moorfield, and Northern each getting a vote as well. Um, and then on the girls' side of things, Petersburg, they remain first. They've been there ever since they beat Frankfurt. And, um, you know, it's going to take quite a few things for them to get dethroned there. I could see when if Kaiser beats them on the road. And, yeah. You know, like even if they have one fewer loss, mm-hmm. I could see Kaiser leapfrogging them. Yeah. Right Especially because Kaiser beat Frankfurt, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, at, at second, we have Kaiser. Uh, Frankfurt narrowly edged out Hampshire this week, so Frankfurt three, Hampshire four, uh, Fort Hill in fifth, and Calvary receiving one vote. So, thoughts on Fort Hill boys being number five? I personally voted for him fifth. I mean, as did I. It, it's one of those things where you kind of you look at records and resumes, and and really at this point of the year, I think the resume means a lot more than the record. Yeah, just when like, just looking, you and I extensively looked at how we feel Fort Hill would do with, say, Northern schedule, a team that Fort Hill has beaten twice now. Um, you know, and, and by our math, they wouldn't be four and ten. That yeah, we come out with it being you know like maybe like twelve and four or something like that. Yeah. something along those. I'm lines. sure they they lose a couple of those games <clears throat> in there that we think they should win, but right. still, I mean, we're talking ten wins. Yeah, they would be so. they would be five hundred at the very least. Yeah. Um, you know, and East Hardy and Moorfield, even then, looking at those teams, um, you know, the the whole thing is just there's this weird string that you can put from one point and get to an end point. And everything in between it doesn't make sense on the boys' side of things. Like, the whole thing this season has been very weird outside the top. Like, yeah. at Mountain Ridge and Allegheny has been pretty straightforward. But this week, Fort Hill beating Southern really threw a wrench into things. Yeah, I think we, we kind of felt that the top three were pretty untouchable by yeah. everyone else mm-hmm. in the area. Yeah. They could beat each other. A team from outside the area that, you know, a bigger school or whatever could beat them. Yeah. But... You know, it didn't seem possible that a team like Fort Hill would upset Southern. Yeah, and you know, I, I made the comment. I think it was, I think it was our last episode actually that, you know, we know who the really good teams are, we know who the average teams are, and we know who the bad teams are, and uh, I think we still know who the bad teams are. We do still know who but the bad teams one, are. But there's one, there's one fewer bad team. But Fort Hill, <laughs> Fort Hill is the weird team. 
Yeah, they 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 made it out of the bad. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, and which they like, never really were bad. I don't think. But no, I don't they, think so either. You know, just record wise, I think they were one and nine starting yeah. the year. But yeah, they're, they're one and nine. They're no longer bad. They're yeah. they're weird. Yeah, they're they are a weird team. And you know, credit to Thad Burner for, you know, getting getting through things there. They've had a couple of kids quit. They had two kids called up. Uh, and the Fort Hill went over Northern this week. Um, Gavin Carney, he kind of provided a spark in the third quarter. I think he had like eight of his 11, I think, in the third quarter. Yeah, he had the go-ahead free throws against Southern. Yeah. And he blocked Upple's three. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, Jabril Daniels provided a spark in the fourth quarter. Those are both JV kids that were just yeah. called up. So, um, you know, they're getting a spark there. Anthony Burns had a huge game against Southern. Um, what, game high 26? Yeah, 19 after halftime. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're – Credit to Thad and, you know, for getting things sorted out there. When I talked to him early in the season, something that Fort Hill boys basketball just kind of has going against them, which is a good thing for one and a bad thing for another, is that the Fort, the football team is so good. So every year the football team kind of, like, delays basketball season mm-hmm. almost because they have, you know, a handful of kids that play on the basketball team and, you know, they're not really able to – fully practice going into the winter season and mm-hmm. stuff like that and just seemingly get off to a slower start than other teams do. And there's also, you know, to think about the Fort Hill kids that play football are used to losing, you know, maximum twice a year. Yeah. Like max. Mm-hmm. Basketball, even if you're a good team, Mountain Ridge this year, great team, they have three losses. Mm-hmm. Like you have to deal with failure a lot more in in basketball. Obviously, I think baseball is kind of the, the king of that, dealing yeah. with failure. Since, you know, a good – Everyone gets out more than Not they, just in they wins and losses, but, yeah, just, you know, at the plate. And, and but, but even in basketball, like, you know, you're missing, you know, half your shots, you're losing games. And when Fort Hill started 1-9, and nine, I think that, you know, it's, it's pretty big that they responded the way they did after that. Yeah. And you could see, like, after the game, the kids, you know, celebrating like they just, you know, won an NCAA tournament or something. But, yeah. Um, it, it's a it's a cool cool thing to see. Yeah, them rallying together that core group of of nine kids that have you know been there through the thick and thin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean it just uh, I don't know. I really enjoy talking to Thad. He's like he's the same way. You and I had this conversation Friday night where like the coaches we really enjoy talking to are the ones that talk just as much after a loss as they do after a yeah. Win. And like, they always they always have something to say, good or bad, about. Yeah, and and it also it's it's nice too because it seems like you know they understand that we got a job to do, just like you know they have a job to do. Yeah, and after the northern win, just if you would have read only Coach Burner's quotes, you would have thought that Fort Hill lost that game because mm-hmm. they won by ten, but they kind of they left a lot out there, mm-hmm. and you know he kind of, I think he kind of. He, he sees the writing on the wall, obviously, because he's in there in practice every day and, you know, coaches a team every day. He knows their potential. He knows where they can go. And, uh, you know, him and I talked about that after they lost to Allegheny, I think, three weeks ago at this point. Um, you know, and it just, uh, you know, that was kind of when I was like, all right, this Fort Hill team isn't bad, but they're they're weird because they, I mean, they had a fighter's chance against Allegheny, and then mm-hmm. eventually it just kind of, it just kind of went dry for them. And I think I, they were they were pretty hot against Southern, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, they might not shoot that well every week, but it didn't seem like they were taking shots that were – they weren't making contested threes that were out of rhythm or something. Mm-hmm. Like Burns had had 19 points after halftime. He had a bunch of threes. 
I don't even know how many shots he took, but it, it felt like it couldn't have been more than like 12. Mm-hmm. You know, he w- it wasn't a volume scoring kind of kind of outing. It was him taking shots in rhythm. You know, th- they were finding kids at the basket. <clears throat> so I do think it could be sustainable. I'm not saying they're going to beat Southern, you know, nine out of ten times or something, or even, you know, more than half, but I, I think they can be competitive ten out of ten times. And they don't play each other again this season, right? Other than maybe potential playoff matchup, right? Fort Hill and Southern. Uh, they didn't. They only that was their first meeting this year. Yeah. So I think they're supposed to play again. Oh, are they? Uh, oh, yeah. I, that would might, make sense. It might have got post postponed at some point. I think. Yeah. I think that's up. exactly what happened. Um, so yeah. So. Uh, but it's looking like they might play twice, two more times this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it it uh, with Northern's loss against Fort Hill in the middle of the week, because at the start of last week, if the playoffs started then, Northern would be the three seed, Southern would be the four seed, and Fort Hill would be the five seed, because uh, there's no... um, Tournament games. The tournament games don't count towards your playoff record, so... And Allegheny, Mountain Ridge didn't play tournaments. And come to think of it... Fort Hill didn't. Come to think of it, one thing I'm curious about is if Hancock will be in this region or if they'll be in the other region. Hmm. They might be in this region. I'm not 100% sure, but that would just add another first-round game. Yeah. But um, just something that just kind of crossed my mind now. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing I have on the boys' side of things was just uh, I went and covered Mountain Ridge. They beat Clear Spring on Friday. Um, that was Mountain Ridge's seventh straight win. They're just kind of firing on all cylinders right now. I got mean, a little, just got a, a little revenge, too. Yeah, yeah, eventually a three-point loss less than a month ago uh, down at Clear Spring, which was, uh, they lost twice in a, in a uh, two games in two days on the road. Um, you know, so they've won seven straight since then, uh, and it looks like, if our math is right, that Mountain Ridge have three games left. They play Broadfording on the 15th, Southern on the 18th, and they host Washington on the 21st, I want to say. And actually, those are all three home games. So, mm-hmm. But if our math is right, even if they lose one of those games down the stretch, they'll still get the number one seed. So, Yeah, I think they have, they to, very, they have to lose two. They very much control their own destiny right yeah. now. So uh, it's, you know, it's pretty much between Mountain Ridge and Allegheny, um, who routed Smithsburg yesterday. Um, you know, so if Allegheny can take care of business and, and win their remaining... I think they have five games left, four or five games left. Um, you know, then maybe they get a little uh, little help on the other side. One of the teams at Mountain Ridge has well, I get it. one thing going for Allegheny is that two of the three teams that Mountain Ridge has left, they've already lost to. Mm-hmm. So they lost at Southern and at Broadfording. Yeah. So I suspect uh, I don't think they're going to lose to Broadfording again. No, I don't <laughs> think they will either. I don't think they will either. Um, Southern will be interesting because they didn't have. Uh, Amari Kennedy last time, so yeah, it'll be interesting on their court with uh, full strength. Yeah, yeah, that's a. I haven't co- I haven't uh, covered a game at Mountain Ridge in quite some time. Probably, I guess. Well, probably our last full basketball season that we mm-hmm. had. They obviously didn't play last year, but um, nineteen twenty, I probably covered a game there. But it's a really just cool atmosphere for basketball. Yeah, the like, student section. The student section is great there too. Yeah. Pre-game, they had the lights turned out. I don't want to take any credit or anything for laying the bricks for the student section or anything like that. But um, 
but you know they have the lights out during pregame and you know doing the introductions and stuff like that yeah. and um, just a, it was a I kind of forgot how cool of an atmosphere it was there um, yeah and uh, you know Dave Dave runs a, a nice program there before the game he was like walking around with his uh, grandson like yeah. wasn't like talking to his team before the game or anything like that just kind of like. Making the rounds before the game, <laughs> carrying his grandson. It was hilarious. Relaxed atmosphere. <laughs> Dave's a big fan of the show, so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, so that's all I have on, on the boys' side of things, um, you know. Yeah, I also covered Kaiser on Saturday, but um, I don't know. Not, not no, I, I don't think there's many takeaways from that. Other mm. than that, you know, Kaiser, they've, they have gone through a patch where they struggled because they started 4-1, and one, and what are they now? Six and ten. So uh, that that sounds right. Yeah. So that's what like nine out of eleven games they've lost. Yeah. So I mean, definitely a rough patch for them. But um, especially when I mean they were looking <laughs> strong at the beginning of the year too. Like. Yeah, they're beating some. A lot of those were like narrow losses on the road, and they they have lost a lot of close games during that stretch. Mm-hmm. So um, you know they could definitely be five hundred or better than that, and they did beat Fort Hill by ten, I think. Um, but. Um, yeah, they're a team that I think. I mean, their section is is kind of winnable. They do have Berkeley Springs and Hampshire, but you know, I do think they could be beat one of those teams. They have beat Hampshire already this year. So, mm-hmm. um, you and I have tried to shake it shake it out like the whole uh, seemingly once a week for the past like month. You know, just looking at, just trying to like kind of somewhat plan ahead as far as like not possible. Who, no, it's it's not possible. <laughs> but you know, just like to plant the seeds in our minds of, like, you know, who might get to the state tournament. And it's like, in West Virginia, just have absolutely no clue. Yeah, we definitely don't need to talk about the 2A section. No. That's, it went that's like, for sure. After what Moorfield did last year, though, it just, I don't know, it just throws a wrench into everything. Yeah, where, seeing how well Moorfield's playing right now, I think they're, they're the, the favorites for sure in that section. Yeah. But that still doesn't mean anything to me. No, so. no, because it, it's, it's just, it, it's all scattered, and I don't know. The boys' side of things has been very weird this week, and yeah. unfortunately we, uh, I don't think we covered a girls' game this week, did we? Uh, I covered, I think Kaiser Mountain Ridge girls were this, was this week. I think that was Thursday night, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that was a that was another strange game. The girls' side of, uh, of things is much stronger than the boys' side. Yeah, there's a lot more clarity. I mean, there's a lot more, let's see, all but five teams that we cover have a winning record. Like, yeah. you know, you can't really, or at least they're 500 or better. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> definitely a little different than the boys' side where yeah. there's a bit of a, bit of a drop-off. Yeah. But, yeah, um, Big girls game coming up. Uh, Petersburg's at Frankfurt on Tuesday. That should be a good one. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, We. I mean, this is kind of like, uh, I, I guess, kind of rivalry week here where uh, Petersburg-Frankfurt, and, you know, that's really just a rivalry on, you know, location alone. But, yeah, location, uh, how good they've been the last. Or, yeah, competition. You know, competition lo- alone is what I meant. Yeah, last, like, 20 years. I guess they've kind of gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. Mostly in Frankfurt's favor in the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then Friday we have the basketball version of the Mineral Bowl and uh, Allegheny and Fort Hill in city league action or well city action I guess there's no city league anymore. But and that that city game is uh, figuring to be a lot better than maybe we thought. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Fort Hill plays Berkeley Springs uh, today. I'm going to go out and cover that. So really kind of intrigued to see how that, you know, pans out because we have a, a Fort Hill team who's now, I think they won three or four mm-hmm. um, and two in a row. And, you know, they're they're really starting to figure things out against the Berkeley Springs team who's 10 and four, um, you know, and has, they've beaten Kaiser this year. So that, you know, they have a little bit of uh, local competition on their schedule. I think they beat Hampshire too. So yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much it for basketball. One last thing uh, is that Northern coach John Heimball was placed uh, on yes. administrative leave this week. Um, after Who his, could forget? Uh, his scouting report uh, surfaced. <clears throat> um, I no idea exactly how that how that played out or anything. Well, but, it had to and get it doesn't. It, it doesn't had to really get matter. By some of the team. Yeah, yeah, like a you know, I'm sure it was a, a disgruntled player or something or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> just you know. I, there's not really any need to, for us to, you know, launch a Watergate investigation into it or anything like that. But just, to, I mean, that that's the first in my seven years here that I can think of that something like that has happened. Like an in-season scandal? Yeah, like, and even then, it, it I don't know, the whole thing is just, it, it's... Very stupid. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the homecoming game playbook thing. I think that oh, was. Yeah. I think that was before I started here, and even then, that wasn't like a scan. It was just like that was more like a rumor, like yeah, almost like, like a joke, almost like an urban legend type yeah. thing. Even though I actually do think that it happened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that. I forget. I'm pretty sure someone told us last year that it that's something that actually happened. I don't remember who said that. I think it was one of the radio guys. I think it was one of someone from uh, WCBC. Mm. So, so yeah, if you want to know about that, reach out to them before the game. Call into their show. Yeah, or maybe maybe we'll do a, a story on it or something at some <laughs> yeah. point. We'll get we'll get the player in we'll question. Do that. We'll do Helmetgate. If this happened, if if you're listening to this and you're the player that bought it or sold it, please let us know. <laughs> we won't name you. We won't. No, you can come on anonymously. We'll do like one of those sixty minutes interviews. We like, could do so. Wait, an Allegheny player supposedly purchased a Fort Hill correct, playbook, right? Correct. So if you have that playbook, bring it into us. We'll print it. We'll run the playbook as proof. That and then we'll see if, like, Fort Hills, they run the spread option or they run the uh, West Coast offense or something next year. <laughs> Running out of the shotgun every week. Yeah, That the, was us. We did Yeah, that. no one has any idea what, what uh, wing T teams run, so. <laughs> uh, on the football side of things, um, the uh, Frostburg State, this was the week that I was out of the office with COVID, but they introduced Eric Wagner's head football coach. Uh, he had his introductory press conference. I'm pretty sure that our last, no, I don't think we didn't mention it on our last episode that he had gotten hired. And I don't know that he was officially hired when we aired last time. I can't remember. I think, I think we talked about it with Trevor. Okay. I think I we talked sure about it on that podcast, um, yeah. but we didn't talk about details or anything. Yeah. So, uh, but he was defensive coordinator under uh, Delane Fitzgerald the past two seasons uh, in 2021, and then the, uh, I think, four-game season they played in 2020 during the uh, pandemic season. So, um, you know, a nice nice move there, a sense of, gives him a sense of continuity. Um, I know Delane had mentioned in his interview with us about some of the kids he saw that are on Frostburg State. He couldn't name them, but you know, that there were three or four kids on Frostburg State that he saw as being uh, 
you know, the caliber of player that he's looking for, mm-hmm. that they could play at the FCS level, uh, one of those being Zach Strand. And I think he was the only one, at least as of National Signing Day, that actually transferred from Frostburg State to Southern Utah. The only one I saw that was, that was like, publicized, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I kind of, I, I tried to keep a close eye on both Frostburg State and Southern Utah there on, uh, was it Tuesday? Was that when National Signing Day was? Uh, I think it might have been Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, whenever it was. Um, you know, I tried to keep tabs on it, and at the end of the day, I looked back, and Strand was the only one I saw from Frostburg State. So, you know, FSU obviously losing a big uh, a big get there with Strand, but, um, you know, just really interested to see, you know, kind of where Wagner takes the program, if he can continue the success that, you know, that they've had over the past few years. I think after the lanes. I think after his first two seasons, the most games they lost in our season was three, hmm. I believe. So, um, you know, and that was after he went, I think, five and seven and then seven and five, something like that. Hmm. So, um, you know, a nice sense of continuity for them, and, you know, hopefully he can continue that success and... and Maybe even take it further. Yeah, their uh, postseason ban ends this year, so, you know, I guess that that's probably... Goal number one right there. So, uh, Lastly, just the uh, all-area team, as we said at the top of the show, was announced, and the soccer awards, since we last recorded, the soccer awards came out as well. Um, Fort Hills' Jacob Titchell got player, uh, goalkeeper of the year. Uh, co-defensive players of the year went to Allegheny's Blake Powell and Mountain Ridge's Ethan Ashenfelder. Uh, offensive player of the year went to Mountain Ridge's Mason Reed, and player of the year went to Calvary's Isaac Scritchfield. Um, one of the interesting things that I just, just something I noticed, uh, with the awards is that there are two football players that are also soccer players that won mm-hmm. awards. So that was, uh, Palantitional. yeah, you know, the two, the two city kickers winning awards there. So that, that's, that's pretty cool. And, um, Tishnell also first team kicker in football. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a couple of first team honors in the same season. I wonder when the last time that's happened. Yeah, that I seems like know. something we should know. Yeah, it probably is something <laughs> we should know. And he actually, that's four first-team honors in the fall because he was first-team All-West Mac and first-team All-City. There so, you go. Uh, and same with Powell, well, except without the first-team football. in football. But um, he was one of four players who was uh, first-team All-Area, first-team All-West Mac, and first-team uh, All-City. So Connor Hip of Fort Hill and... Nathaniel Clem, maybe, or Caden Wallace of Allegheny. One of those two was the other one. That's pretty sad. I just wrote the story today, and I can't remember. If you want to find out, get a copy of the Times News today. <laughs> exactly. And open it up. Exactly. So, um, you know, and, and, and Calvary, in talking to Wes Reed, um, you know, Calvary just every year kind of just seems to produce a player of the year almost every year. Um, I think they've won it. Off the top of my head, like three of the last five, maybe four of the last five, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there weren't awards last year, so I guess excluding that season, probably three or four of the last five. Um, you know, and it, it, it went to a very deserving candidate this year. Um, you know, led the area in scoring. And, you know, next year, Calvary's looking at, at another one that uh, they very well could get it with uh, with Luke Reed, Wes's son. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah. And... Uh, 
all West Mac and all city boys soccer will go out Wednesday, and then the girls soccer awards will start to trickle out on Thursday. So uh, that is all I have for today's show. Alex, do you have anything else? Not really. Maryland lost, but, I mean, that's not what's new. Another horrible performance against Ohio State. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many years it's been, but Maryland has, like, a really long streak. I think it's been, like, 30-something years of not having a losing record. Really? And, and they're, it's going to be they're 11 this year? And, well, they're 11-12 and 12 now, so it's, oh. in, it's in danger. I think Turgeon, one of his first years was when, you know, Gary kind of left, uh, left the cabinet bare. And um, they finished 500 that year in a week ACC. So this could be the year because of every other game you're playing a ranked team. So. Do, you, do you know where that ranks as far as, like, active streaks or anything? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it's probably, like, top ten. Yeah. But I'm just – I don't know. I'm just kind of making that up. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it's – it might not even be 30 years. But they have a, a really long streak dating back to um, – it might be, like, Gary's first couple years – so, dating back to when they had, like, a postseason ban and scholarship reductions and all that after, uh, what's his name, Bob Wade, <laughs> legendary Dunbar coach. Fun times. All right, so that'll do it for today's episode. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Kyle Bennett CTN. Alex, where can the listeners find you? At A Ritual. And we'll be back next Monday for episode number 11. Barring COVID. Barring COVID. Talk to you next week.